Hi, everybody, and welcome back. We've got another great show here for the women in safety, and we're looking at uh, women in safety throughout the years in health and safety. And I'm here with Emma Deep. Emma Deep, who do we have today? What are we doing? Hey, everyone. Good morning. So we have um, three wonderful guests. They happen to be my, my good friends as well. So we have Candace Brown. Uh, we have Stacey Glanville. And then we have Janice Stanley here. All three women in safety. <laughs> and thank you to the audience for coming out for our final panel as well. Great. No, I'm so glad to have you all back again. This is so exciting. And it's a topic I know for Emma Deep and myself that is so passionate that um, in our hearts that we've been wanting to have, you know, it would be really great to understand better when you guys were coming into the workforce, into health and safety, was there anything going on with the women's movement or maybe women's issues that really impacted your decision? Stacey, why don't you lead us off in this? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what impacted me? Uh, you know what, I'm coming into health and safety in a predominantly male industry, um, I learned pretty quickly that um, to, to gain respect was really important uh, because sometimes you don't get taken seriously right away just because your safety, first of all, a lot of don't want to have to to do some of the things you're asking them to do. Um, so getting to know them, working with them, and gaining the respect goes a long way. Yeah, just call and make an appointment. Oh, I think you're muted there. Yep, no, go ahead. That was Malcolm okay. just, uh, he didn't, hadn't muted. So uh, we'll edit this out later, but charge on. No worries. Hi, Malcolm. Uh, anyway, yeah, so just saying, um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just working with the trades, um, dealing with resistance, you learn pretty quickly that you need to have a thick skin and learn how to read the play, um, stick to the things that are important that you need to execute. And uh, yeah, just, uh, it's kind of take it as it comes that you can prepare as much as you want, but until things start unraveling and rolling in front of you, then you need to be sometimes quick thinking on your feet um, and make some executive decisions in the moment and uh, hope things go the right way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally understand where you're um, coming from, you know, especially when back then coming into the workforce, it, it was very unusual for women to be in certain roles. I recall myself um, just coming out of high school, you know, it was um, 1990 and um, I was, I wanted to be a police officer, but uh, my guidance counselor was pretty confident that, that was not the role for a young proper lady to be doing. And she, she kind of, you know, barricaded that idea left, right, and center. So it kind of made it um, hard to then decide what am I going to do? You know, my heart was set on this. Where do I go? Janice, what about you? What was your experience? You know, when I think back about it, there was a movement happening where employers needed to bring on women. Uh, it was becoming a stigma where 
employers noticed it was Stacy said it all. So I'm coming up with something different because I would have said what Stacy said. But you think about if there was a women's movement happening, employers had to start recognizing that because there were women that were coming out of the home, being mothers, and now having to come into the workforce because of divorces. There wasn't divorce uh, rates like years in 50 years ago, like there are today. So women were forced to go back to work. Some women are not suited for an office at all, like me. Um, so you got to go into work that is male dominated. So how do you make your step in there? You, you've got to get your allies together. You've got to get your name hires out there. You've got to get your people connected to you that understand who you are. You've got to build, like she said, build that respect, get them to earn your respect. And then once you've got, God, excuse me, got them to earn your respect, then I think you've got a better option of being hired out into a man's deal. But you've got like, you've got to have tough skin. You've got to almost talk like they do. You can't back down. There's all those things. But yeah, I think they had to step up because there was a women's movement happening and a lot of employers just didn't have enough females employed. That's how I got involved. I told you long back when we spoke last was the um, our Angus wanted women to drive their heavy equipment because he realized they were softer on the equipment than the men were, right? So women do bring another style yeah. of uh, passion to the, to, the, to the workforce. I also think that we should add that, you know, there, there comes a little element of bravery, right? To be able to walk in there with your shoulders square and, uh, you know, face the music and see what's gonna shake loose, right? It happens, yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Can be, yeah. Absolutely. Candace, share with us your experience. Mm -hmm. Definitely what both the other ladies are saying resonates with me as well. Um, I agree with Jan Janice that uh, there was a bit of a movement with women expanding and needing more independence. Um, I think typically, you know, back in that time, even before I was entering into health and safety, um, women were predominantly working in administrative type roles that didn't pay as much. And so when you're out on your own and you need to pay your bills, you're yeah. gonna to go to where the money is and that's in trades, right? Um, in my experience, I grew up with a mother who worked in male dominated industries. So I kind of had an idea of what it was like, what she was experiencing. Um, I watched her go through a plethora of jobs because it, you know, when issues started to arise with whatever harassment issues she was facing or, you know, interpersonal issues she was having with some of her coworkers, it always came down to, well, it seems to be you're the, the common denominator here because you're the woman, so you've got to go. It wasn't like a systemic kind of, we have this mindset of, uh, you know, amongst our, our male workers that are causing these issues. It's because you're the, you're the outlier here. So I watched her go through that. Um, and then when I went into, that being said, even when I went into health and safety, um, I still didn't really feel prepared for what I encountered. You know, there was, it was uh, harassment was common, um, very male dominated, not a lot of tradespeople on site that were women, maybe one I met in my several years out on site. Um, so there wasn't a lot of people that I could talk with. Um, I didn't have a lot of support, role models, that kind of thing. And I had to seek that out, you know, find and build relationships with, with the males who were kind of more forward thinker, or at least open to having a female on the job site. 
but it was awkward, you know, like there's, <laughs> it's an interesting experience to be the only female on a job site and you walk into the crew room in the morning and you're getting ready and the whole atmosphere just changes. You know, it's, you, they're used to having their boys club in there. They're talking with each, with each other the way they talk. You know, it's not as professional for swearing. <laughs> yeah. You know, with the, the pictures of the ladies, naked ladies up <laughs> on the walls and stuff, you're walking into that kind of environment and, you know, I have to be okay with this. Um, it, yeah. So it was definitely difficult to be in that kind of an environment. And it, I think it made me a little bit more resilient actually, um, starting off in that. So, you know, you have to overcome it and, and find where you fit and find how to talk to uh, completely different coworkers than you're used to talking to in other jobs. So, yeah. Yeah. I actually think that it just kind of dawned on me now that probably the fact that I grew up with two older brothers probably helped a lot for my comfortability with that kind of situation because being around them and their friends and, you know, it was the shop talk and women shop talk too, but, you know, mm -hmm. just to kind of know how to navigate those situations. So, some of those situations weren't as foreign to me to walk into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would uh, yeah. find the challenge more is that, you know, safety, you have an important role. You need to speak up at certain times and have non-negotiable hard lines. Um, and, and that you gotta be brave to do that because you, you know, the pushback is there. Right. So Absolutely. yeah, just interesting, all the different experiences and. And, and that's like how we were nurtured. That's how we were brought up. So I really like what you're thinking here because I, I myself grew up with my mom and my sister, my, my dad and my mom divorced when I was young. So, and again, even then, you know, there was the expectation about how girls would behave and wouldn't behave, what was and wasn't appropriate. And I, I, I agree with you. I think that had a big impact on how we navigate the workplace landscape. Yeah. And I was just going to ask that too. What do you think prepared or brought you to the point where it was your first day, like on site, on the job, doing either the trade or safety? And um, because I know all three of you, I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> Stacey with the brothers, Candace, you had such a strong mom and same with you, Janice, like you, everything that you went through brought you to that point. And so it resonates with me as well, because I had um, strong male figures growing up. So I had three brothers, my dad, he always treated us, treated us the same. And I essentially, yeah, I grew up as a, as a tomboy, like growing up, playing in the mud, playing in the dirt, my dad teaching me how to run heavy equipment. And so it just kind of everything like naturally progressed and it led us to that point as well. And then talking to other um, tradeswomen or other women in health and safety or in construction, it's very similar. Like you can draw a lot of parallels from, from the different stories as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. I did find um, uh, when I was taking my education at BCIT for health and safety, I did find that there are a lot more females in the job though, which surprised me. Um, I kind of, I always chalk that up to being that maybe more females are drawn to that position because you do have to influence people and be good at building relationships, collaboration, you know, that kind of thing. Things that females typically um, have are, you know, they have those skills innately, or at least they have the drive to have those skills. I think females are good at that. Um, and so health and safety 
started to be when I was entering kind of more into the, you know, educational side of it and getting uh, schooling, finding that all those females were in there was, it was empowering for me. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm not going out here alone to work with just tons of men. Like I do have people around me that I could speak to, right. Um, through my, my courses. And that's where I actually found quite a bit of my support. Uh, when I was out on site, it's nothing like having a rough day and then being able to like text or call one of your, your cohorts and, hey, <laughs> this just happened to me today, OMFG, like, can you believe this? Has this happened to you before? How do you deal with this? Oh my God, you know, just having those conversations really helps. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that health and safety has, has attracted more female uh, more female people, well, more females, but trades has not quite yet, right? I'm, well, I'm coming, I work in construction. I don't know about you, Janice and Stacy, but. Yeah, yeah. Same do, you think, do you think that the leadership now in health and safety has turned a bit of a tide where they're more open and supportive to women coming into this field? I would think, to be honest with you, I think WorkSafe has probably done a lot for that mm -hmm. uh, because we see a lot more female prevention officers um, than there typically once was, right? That, that used to be kind of a man-only job. And I think, that, I think that that's probably helped the progression a lot because obviously they're the regulatory body that we follow. And so when they're sending in their inspectors and, and they're bringing women into the field, I think that's, that's probably helped a lot with the progression of women in safety and and the sort of raising the bar that that women do need to be respected um and i you know i'm sure there there was probably some hard times those women went through too molding that for us um but i would say that yeah that probably helped a lot yeah well i mean absolutely i think that um those of us who who've been here for you know, I remember when I walked in, there was not a woman in sight um, in health and safety. Um, the fact I wanted to be a health and safety corporate level regional manager was taken right off the table for me in my, oh. when I came in. Yeah, it was not an option. I was clearly told that I have a son, so I should be close to home and be the one to be looking after him. And that maybe when my son was growing up, then we could consider whether or not it was a, 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 su a suitable match. And I went for the interview and, I, and the, my other boss said, you nailed that interview, I don't understand. And they brought in somebody who was junior to me in education, hadn't even finished his degrees and gave him the job, right? And so to say like that goes back to like, well, the best person for the job should get the job, right? Remember that was a comment. And yep. what I had said there in, in, in retrospect to that was, but if people aren't even in the pool who are underrepresented, then how do they even get those opportunities? And that's why for me, creating an equitable playing field is so critical, Stacy. is because what I've been seeing historically is the best person suited for the job doesn't always get it. Yeah. Because there's other kind of uh, biases at yeah. play. Like my, that, so, just, okay, Janice, you're shaking your head. What do you, what do you think in there? Oh, <laughs> I've heard a nerve, have I? <laughs> um, I can't even answer that right now, to be honest with you. 
I can't. I have to think about that one for a minute. Oh, yeah. take your time. It's, to see, but it's a deep one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And you, I, your education is obviously important. I get that. Um, and I know some of you girls have had your education. I've had some education, but my experience is more in the field. Mm -hmm. And um, I have literally come across a gamut of personalities. And um, I have been under, uh, I've not been looked, I've been looked over for different positions as well. Like you have had the qualifications overqualified. And I wonder sometimes if they hire the the junior people because it's a financial thing. You know, sometimes you can become so educated and so experienced that you're actually pricing yourself out of the market. So we've got to look at that too. But when I look at it, and I, when I say that, I also think, boy, there's lots of positions out there where people are in the six figure range and um, it's not male dominated anymore. Women are actually getting up there. So I think we're seeing a slow progression, but, um, it, it, it sometimes name hire helps to get you into a position, you know, knowing somebody like, you know, we have a panel here of, of good friends and, and maybe somebody knows you're looking and they offer, you know, an opportunity to you, but yeah, it's a lot of work. I feel how, like it's a lot of work. How about this, um, this concept though? Like if you look around where you're, where you're working on your team and you keep seeing people who only resemble your own background, your own being, your like, essentially a paper cutter of yourself kind of thing, right? As management, would that not be an indicator that you need to kind of move out of that narrow box and start looking at individuals that when they're coming across your desk, they're, they're bringing different backgrounds and cultures and some like, of the experience. Yeah. The experience I, I've gained is by talking to people like yourselves, right? Going out there, like Candace said, you got you have a bad day, you call somebody, they tell you, yeah, I've been through that, do this. What greater education could we have is peer education? Because we're only going to learn from the experiences we've had to go through. Yeah. And for me, it's just a no-brainer. Um, call on your peers, call on whoever, because we can't profess to know it all. But I think bringing in the different... Um, men, women, young, old, it doesn't matter. I talked about perspective before. You have to get that perspective. Otherwise we're not growing and we're not changing. If we, like you said, you got the cookie cutter manager and he trains and teaches everybody the same way, but not everybody learns the same way. I might excel and be so different in one area and somebody else is better than that. So let's share that rather than let, oh no, I know this and you know that. No, let's come together, right? How else are we gonna become cohesive? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like diversity is definitely key if you want to grow and develop on that level. Um, in terms of having that shift or being more inclusive, I think it it always comes from the top down, meaning that leadership, management, whatever it may be. And sometimes there are organizations where they want to have that shift or change. They really genuinely, purely do, but they just don't know how or they don't have like a roadmap. And so an example is um, I'm with Salus now and um, Gabe is not only my, my boss and CEO, he's a friend of mine. And so we've been friend, friends for years. And I remember a few years ago when he was first starting off, we, still, we had this conversation and he's like, 
I'm in deep. I, I need to talk to you about something. I'm like, yeah, sure. What is it? And he's like, um, it was a Friday afternoon. I was looking around the room and I was seeing all my, my employees and uh, it was predominantly white male and um, relatively young. And, and I was like, okay. And he's like, I want more diversity. I want to grow Salus and have like a good culture where we're inclusive. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, but I'm, I'm trying so hard. Like we're trying to find um, programmers or developers. And it's hard because in a lot of these uh, occupations, they're, they too are male dominated. And he's like, it's really hard. And I'm like, okay, I understand. But on the same note, don't, please don't go hiring females just because they're female. You need to look at their qualifications or education there. You have to look at their experience as well. And, and I, I'm like, I know you mean well, and you're coming from a really good place as well. And we will eventually get there. And um, we are like, we have women in uh, development now, programmers, marketing, we have females in our uh, customer success group. So it's, we're getting there, it's baby steps, right? And, but like for him to have that, that, that thought and, and being genuine and open and almost being vulnerable as well, seeing that, hey, we, we're not there yet. We don't have that uh, diverse uh, work place but uh, he he's saying that he wants to get there so i mean kudos to him because i'm pretty sure there's other game guanas out there what what about succession planning is this maybe one of the ways that um businesses could make that more you know a feasible is looking at who is working already in your company right that shows an interest and then bringing those people up what about that idea that's a great question. Yeah. Well, I'm curious thought. how do you do that? How do you do that? Because if you get, you know, like if, we, if we're looking to hire somebody, we put out an ad about it and then you take in the resumes and the first thing you do is it, it's a piece of paper with information on it. So it's not even really about the person you're looking at their qualifications and skills. So how do you, you know, when you got 90 resumes, do, you know, do you separate male from female? Do you look at the name and try to go, this will be this ethnicity, this will be that. like, so how do you do that? Like, how do you draw them in if you, you know, beyond what you're already getting? Well, well, I think, okay, so if we were looking at succession planning, that's coming from within the company already, right? So that would mean that they're in your system. They're already being managed by people. So then it, I think, could, could it be a potential that there is programs that help people do career development inside the company first as a first step. And then you move to, if there's nobody inside the company, taking it outside. What about, what are people's thoughts around those kind of ideas? Hmm. I think there's so many. Oh, sorry, go Candice. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Stacy and and Janice's uh, sentiment, hire, the right person for the right job rather than you know what Amandeep said where we need to fill a capacity of a certain amount of female ratio in the office or the, the fields you know hiring that way but there's there's a lot of layers at play here and I think certain things need to be changed at a societal level breaking down negative beliefs about 
I mean, we're going down the path of, of not just women in workplaces, we're going down the path of, uh, you know, pe different people of color or whatever, right? We're kind of talking about that too. Um, so I think there needs to be a lot of ad advocacy around that first, um, before you could start saying, well, putting the onus on employers to say you should be having, you know, equitable recruitment pra practices um, and advancement practices in your organizations. We need to do a little bit more awareness on why those things would be beneficial to organizations, I think, um, and then have leadership within certain industries to be able to say, hey, there's benefits for your organization to do this, and here's why. You know, there, there's, speaking solely about women, um, there's reasons why there's benefits for women in the workplace. There's reasons why women work well uh, in the field with men. They balance off each other, different skills, different genders, right? Um, different type of an work environment uh, that maybe employers don't recognize quite yet. So I think some, something needs to happen there at kind of like a, a macro level before, maybe not before, but in conjunction with looking at the organizational levels and saying, when you're looking at recruiting people, um, maybe promote differently to different groups or reach out to different uh, industry groups to, to get different people, you know? Um, or take a look at your hiring practices like Gabe did. You actually, you sit down one day and look at your office, you go, it's all white males. Like what, <laughs> am I missing something here that might be contributing to my organization in a positive way by having people with different perspectives, um, maybe different skill sets if they come from different areas of the world, um, you know? So I think there's, there's layers that way. Um, and then I think somebody had mentioned, looking at the resume, it was you, Tamara, saying, well, you're gonna, you're, you'll have your son soon. And so you're just not gonna fit what exactly what we need. Well, I can see where that comes from on an employer's side. You know, they need someone there for from 7 a.m. to 3, 3 p.m. If you're working on a construction site, they need you to be able to bounce around to job sites and not have like, you don't need to be home at a certain time or you, you need to be flexible. They need people like that. Um, but could they take a look at that and do things a little bit differently? Um, so having like those supports interpersonal type supports for women in particular, because like Janice said, if they're single women working on their own and they have kids, you know, they kids go to school, they need to go to daycare, they gotta be picked up at certain times, all those things come into play when you're trying to go to work and do a job. So uh, Candace, let, let me ask you this though, is it the employer's place to make a choice for my life? and say, you can't do this because you're a single parent and you must stay at your home? Is that the authority of the employer, really? Because I'm oh, going no. to push back on that. I was very offended because I had the supports to, uh, to do. I, I wanted to apply for the job. I put my resume in. I'm a competent adult. I know what I can do. Maybe but, maybe 20 years you know, or 30 years ago, that, that might have worked. You know, you're, But women change the workforce when they came into it and employers had to change their tactics, their policies, their procedures. Now we have parental leave, never used to include uh, the husbands. Now it includes the husbands, right? So when I think, um, when I was in the workforce 40 years ago, you were out of work, you were out of work. You didn't have support. You were lucky to get your job back. So people were afraid to, to go on leave or go have a, you know, if they had an accident, they were afraid because they thought, well, there goes my job. Yeah. But now we have um, injury management programs. We have family programs. So that all changed when women stepped up. I yeah. believe that.
Yeah, absolutely. And we progressed like um, women's rights as well. The right to vote came first and then the, the um, introduction of um, birth control, for example, and those rights like the, the legislative rights and there were both male and female that, that push for that as well. Um, Tamara, you had a really good point and I'm not sure if Stacey and Candace want to speak to this briefly, but being single parents, like how, how did that impact your ability, uh, not your ability, but uh, how did it in, impact your, your employment and, and your, your work? Yeah. If you guys want to speak to that as well. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about that when she was talking about it and it was, you know, it, the, the employer has this is what we need from you this is the time and day and what you need to be available for and so for me it was like you need to know that you're available for that but outside of that it's all the pressure behind the scenes of everything else you have to manage you know um and I've had friends of mine that are married with kids and everything say to me like being a working a hard-working single mom with you know a management position like that's a lot on you and then you have a whole home to run you have other little bodies that are depending on you to feed them and take care of them and keep them clean and you know get them into sports and so for me it's not you know I, I definitely don't think it's up to the employer to decide if you're capable of handling all that or not that's something that takes you know we talked about the a-type personality and being a bold woman um being a risk taker and and grabbing that bull by the horns and you know managing those professional responsibilities on top of everything else that isn't anybody else's problem but I don't want to say problem but you know pressure but your own and it, it can be tough but that's why you know we talked about you know the, the type of people that are cut out to do this and uh, it seems like a lot of us have a lot of those things in common because that's sort of what it takes within to be able to show up do that job manage the stuff behind the scenes and and do it all well right and there's some days where you know it's like you just <laughs> I use the term fake it till you make it just keep pushing right just keep going um obviously we talked about you know not faking legislation and things like that you know you need to know what you're talking about there but there's sometimes when you just even walking into those job sites for the first time you're like here we go and you just give it what you got and see what happens and and you know if you're brave enough to do it usually it works out pretty good right yeah, I, I agree with that. You just make it work, right? Um, I was lucky to have family supports in place and a pretty supportive uh, partner to help deal with, you know, managing the schedules with the kids and stuff. So I was able to meet that. And by no means did I ever expect an employer in any stage of my life to, you know, bend to meet my personal needs, because those are my stressors to deal with. Um, but I think that that, while that worked for me, because I did have supports, there are a lot of women who don't have the opportunity to enter some of these type of work environments because they don't have the similar supports that I have. Um, and there's very inflexible type of structures or policies and organizations where I think there could be a little bit more give or at least a little bit you know, of a review of, well, can we adjust our hours to accommodate people who might have these types of barriers um, and still be a profitable business? You know, I, I just think that there could be some work on the supports there on the behalf of organizations. And I think a lot of the reason that that hasn't happened yet is because one, it's difficult to do. Um, and two, there's still uh, negative beliefs around women in the workforce. 
we've come a long way, but I still think that there are negative beliefs, particular, particularly around uh, women who are parents, definitely. Yeah. And there is a difference also between being supportive and really working out whether or not this career move would work for the individual with everything that's in play, as opposed to saying, um, I don't think you can handle this, so I'm not even going to put you on the table, right? Those no. are two totally different things. But, you know, I want to kind of move into now talking about how have women influenced the progression of our working landscape here today, because I do believe women coming in, we have changed the landscape in, in both negative and positive ways. So what are people's thoughts around that? Well, I go back to that, that thing where we changed it because we have children at home or we have el elder parents. So we, in order to progress in the world and women, what's the percentage of women to men in the world? I don't know. You've got to be able to accommodate no matter what sex. I'm sorry. So that's what I, what I think about it. Well, and even if, if I might, now, these days, though, it's totally okay for men to be at home and helping and looking after the kids. There's maternity leave for men and women both. Do you so think that would have happened if women hadn't come into the workplace? Probably not. No way. We, we have brought the progression forward. And I think by being kind, we're not out there being aggressive and we're not taking people down. We're, we're eager to go out there and work. We're eager to learn. We're eager to change our landscape because it's such a new field. Oh boy, we don't have to go to an office job or a retail job. We actually get to work in the field that men are playing in. Not because we want to hang out with men. It's because we want to make that money. Yeah. And you know, I think the, the most beautiful thing about my job at Safepedia, I'll share this, um, is how it's okay for our kids to come and pass through on Zoom. And our team actually knows everybody's kids, right? And so, you know, Jamie has some young ones now and, and sometimes they bust into the room and, and we all look at that and we'll see Jamie and Jamie's going, I'm on a Zoom call right now. And they're like, <laughs> oh, okay. And they go out and we're like, oh, okay, that's just a day at the office. You know, it's so normal. It's like, yep. You know, or my son, Kalen, comes in and asks a question because he's a teenager, right? And everybody's like, yep, just another day at the office. <laughs> and I think that's a beautiful place for us to finally get to. I, I, I got a point about that. So I've actually had this conversation before where, you know, when COVID happened, the world changed, everything shut down, and it's almost like we let our work and colleagues into our personal space and um i remember being on a zoom call and and me asking this individual uh it, it was brenda with WorkSafe. so i'm like brenda is that a is that a background she's like no it's my house i'm like wow it looks like a show home she's like thanks it was featured in a magazine i'm like whoa mind blown did not know that so it's almost like you're learning about your coworkers or colleagues and all the personals 
And um, another conversation I have actually with my marketing team, shout out to Shannon and Caitlin there, um, is with um, the introduction of like social media, all these platforms, it's like people want to know you for you and just being like raw and candid. And so it's we're, we're making progressions and, you know, through innovation and technological advancements as well. Um, but that it opens up doors, right? Um, I'm, I'm with this one association, it's the BC Trades Women's Society, and it's the same thing. A lot of times we're on a Zoom call and there may be kids or pets or people coming in and just to kind of see, it's not just all work and business that these people right. are actually people. We may have similar interests as well, right? And um, even for example, like Stacey and I, we go ride, riding motorcycles together. But originally the relationship started off as yeah, uh, there was some uh, another safety individual, and they were like, "Hey, Amon Deep, this is Stacy. Stacy, this is Amon." And then yeah. just had that conversation. But yeah, I think women, um, because we are more, we connect on a more like emotional level, and we have that that social acceptance of of being open, being you know happy, mad, sad, going through all those emotions, and then we can actually publicly display them too, right? And it's definitely, it, it's a strength. It's a strength for sure. Mm -hmm. I never saw that as a strength, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We Being talk emotional about, like, in the workplace. Oh, no. totally. We talk about mental health. We talk about how like socially, uh, like the way we're socialized, men are always like, they're supposed to be tough and dominant and they can't, be vulnerable like a lot of them they can't and as we we see this in construction as well like there's there's a huge push for for mental health and a lot of times they can't really truly say how they're feeling okay let me let me word what i was saying differently sure. so when i was when i was working in construction i still work in construction um i never found having being emotional in the workplace was beneficial to me because of that environment because people weren't comfortable with that the people I was working with are you know it's not acceptable remember I said there's no crying in construction yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no room for that uh, you can be angry you can be really angry on the job site but you can't you can't show other emotions uh very comfortably so I never felt that that worked for me. And in fact, I felt that I needed to change that about myself. I needed to change how sensitive I was uh, to be able to function properly. And so I toughened up, you know, like, and I've heard other people say, you have to be tough. You have to have a thick skin. I hear that common comment from many women working in male dominated industries. But I do agree with you that it's probably women have transformed those male dominated workspaces a little bit. Um, and made it a little bit more comfortable because you can't completely eradicate, you know, a part of you. Um, you're emotional. You are. So when you talk to people and you're building, you know, relationships with them, you do. You reveal those little tidbits about yourself. You're open. You do. You're emotional kind of more on, on those one-on-ones with people that you trust. And I think for sure it's changed a little bit. Males seem to be a little bit more comfortable being expressive um, in my experiences anyways um, with my coworkers. So yeah, I think that's a good thing, but I, I, it's still a long way to come. And I'm glad to see that because I think it is probably pretty hard for um, my male counterparts mm -hmm. to not to feel shame or fear or whatever it is around, you know, expressing emotion or sh showing emotion in any format, right? What if, what I think, if, 
Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. What if the person, your employer is the one that's antagonizing you and causing you to be emotional, right? I had that experience <laughs> once where my boss loved to make me feel like crap. And being an HSP, highly sensitive person, um, even though I have tomboy characteristics, I started crying. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because um, it was just, it, it was upsetting, but I was just thinking, how dare you talk to me like this? And being fearful uh, about speaking up and talking back because I thought, oh, maybe I'll lose my job. Mm -hmm. That's a horrible position to be in. Mm -hmm. For me, so I, I wanted to comment on, you know, the, the being tough and not being so sensitive. And yeah, there's there's a definitely a large element of that. Um, I think that's partly because you don't want to show the weakness because that can become a target. But even though you might be tough, that doesn't mean you become a stone and you don't, you still can be real and raw. I mean, I've, mm -hmm. I've had where, you know, I just uh, was dealing with something yesterday and there was a trade that was getting excited and he was using some colorful language and he was disrespectful to, you know, our safety coordinator in the field. And I just kind of reined him back and I said, hey, like, you know, we want to work with you. Um, we don't need to become disrespectful to each other. That's not, we're going to achieve a lot more without that extra resistance that we don't need. Um, you know, let's just remain professional. So I've found that in those emotional situations, and when we use the word emotional, I think it has a negative kind of thing to it, but there's a wide variety of emotions. Being emotional doesn't mean that you're a crying puddle that is overwhelmed and cracking under pressure. You know, being like bold is also an emotional thing. You know, being brave is emotional. And so I find that for me, I just always default back to, to human nature. Like, hey, you know, I'm not here to ruin your day. I'm just like you, you have your boss that's breathing down your neck. I got my boss that has my requirements that I need to meet. And I find that it's, I've not had that not work out yet where you just get level with a human to human. And you're like, Hey, you know what? Let's take all this stuff that we don't need on top of this. And let's deal with what we're dealing with here. We can do it without all. And at the end of the day, I don't know if that was who was saying about their employer, um, find a new employer. I'm you looking. Know, and tomorrow that, that person that didn't give you that job as much of a kick in the guts and unfair as that was, I wouldn't want to work for that employer anyway. They did you a favor in the long run. It, it, it's not cool and it's unjust and that's not a great framework for how they're running their company, but see you later on to the next one. Absolutely. And yeah, and that's exactly what happened to them. That's yeah. exactly what happened. I mean, there's more to that story. It, it got even bigger right up to head office where the person was doing a PowerPoint and showing um, emails and stuff that he shouldn't have. So that's kind of a whole different bees of wax with that person. But right to your point, like, look at the environment. Is this healthy for you? Is this where you want to be? Yeah. And I think that's another thing that um, we, we brought in in this modern workforce, you know, is assessing, is this environment healthy for my mental health? And, it, you know, emotional can be, as you said, a wide range of things. Right. And it, it and it can be negative in some ways if if you are, you know, um, going off at people or turning down to a puddle of tears. Although if you're into a puddle of tears or irate, that's an emotional state, too, that needs to be considered. Why is that going on? Right. And looked mm -hmm. at. But another opportunity is, for example, creating nurturing opportunities like bringing in lunch for people and saying, hey, you know what? 
let's put the tools down and have a picnic lunch with everybody. I remember I did that and the guys were floored. Yeah. They were like, what, 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 what is this? And I was like, it's lunch. What, what do you want? Nothing. It's lunch. And they yeah. couldn't at first register that I had just brought lunch sandwiches and stuff to be lunch. They're, they're, they had to be an agenda, right? It wasn't and, beer. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and no it's, funny, it's funny that you said that because one guy says, well, I know we usually get beer at the end of the day, but this is like, this is great. I'm so hungry. And they finished it all. They loved it. Right. Yeah. But that was, that's what I thought of was, oh, you're, you know, I knew some people weren't able to afford to bring lunch. And I had noticed that some people were like just drinking water or skipping over it. And I was like, what's going on here? And then I found out like, well, the paychecks weren't going far enough. So some people were doing without, right? And so that's my, that was my solution was once in a while, just bring in a lunch. You know, you can't do it every day, of course, but it definitely helps with morale for sure. Yeah. yeah. They have something called the, the lunchbox challenge in April is construction month in BC. And so that just kind of reminds me of that. Um, switching gears a little bit. So ladies, um, has having more women working in the same field, health and safety impacted your experience differently now? So what I mean by that is they're, they're starting to, there's a, like a slow progression, um, of more and more women. And I know Candace touched on that when you went into school and, and you saw other females in the class, but, um, let's hear a little bit about that. Let's start with, I don't know, Candace, Stacy, Janice, any one of you guys just jump in. Um, yeah, more women. Well, I mean, it's nice. It is nice to see uh, more female in the trades. I mean, health and safety, like I, I grew through my career with quite a few women in health and safety. So really where I've seen more women coming in has been on the trade side. Um, and it, I think it has changed the work environment a little bit. Um, I do actually, you know, I feel kind of spoiled now because after working so many years with mostly men, I've discovered that I really enjoy or prefer <laughs> working with men over women. Uh, <laughs> agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. It's a, uh, much better working relationship. Uh, maybe it's a personality thing, but I do find, uh, men are straight to the point. You just like to get things done. Um, there's not a ton of drama. There's, there's a lot less drama than there is with women. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's, uh, it's been interesting seeing more women come into the trades, um, and how that plays out. But, you know, I, I, I we have female operators where I work. Uh, we have female mechanics. Um, we have females in the higher ranks too. Um, I, I don't know. I just, they're just like people to me. I don't really see them as anything different. They're just other coworkers, and it, yeah, it's just nice to see that it's finally starting to come to like a. I wouldn't say we have critical mass yet with women in the male-dominated workplaces, but it's getting there. It's certainly better. That probably is due in large part to like what I was saying, but like those macro-level uh, type of changes, right? ideas are starting to change about what women can do and hiring practices are changing. Um, it's a lot more acceptable for women to be in that landscape working with men and they're used to it now. Um, I think 
you know, in past, it probably would have been helpful for employers maybe to have conversations with the men in the workplace and say, hey, you know, we're bringing a woman on. I know it's a little bit different, but I expect her, I expect you to treat her the same way. And if there's any issues with her work, you know, the quality of her work or work ethic or personality, why, like come talk to me. And if I hear any trouble from you, like just so you know, <laughs> it's not going to go well. Having those types of conversations, whereas I think now, in the beginning that would have helped now more so people are used to having women there and there's that expectation that you're just going to treat them like a coworker like anybody else right so yeah. i think yeah. that changed a lot which in i think also means we've come a long way from expecting we were stuck i think plateaued for a long time lots of women were yelling about it saying you know we want uh maybe not even equitable but we want we want to be able to have the same opportunities or at least a chance at same opportunities. And a lot of the uh, effort fell towards women, I think, on an individual level to change themselves to be able to fit into that mold of where they wanted to work. And nowadays, I think the mold is changing a little bit. So it is more of a, a welcoming environment for women to work in those type of industries, right? I yeah. think that's, that's kind of what's changed for me. What I find, um going on the multiple job sites that I do and I encounter women. Um, now you gotta remember, I've been in construction 40 plus years and the, there's two types of women. Tell me if I'm wrong. There's the woman that's the tomboy that's going out there to, to, to dress and act like the guy. So she's more accepted. And then there's the woman that goes to work and she still has her hair and her makeup and her jewelry on. And I just always, and I always think, you know, are they treated the same? Because I don't go to work with jewelry and makeup on. I go the other way. I, I tend to be more, <laughs> throw the cap on the hair and away I go. Do you guys experience that? Like, I, I wonder why, I, I, my question is, I wonder why women have to change who they are just to go into a male-dominated uh, trade. And how do you mean change? Like to, to not do the makeup and hair or? Right, right. Um, I actually find for me, you know, like if I'm in the office or doing something like this, obviously I put a little more effort into it, but generally when I'm in the field, I don't, I don't go that extra mile and, and I actually get a little bit irritated with women that do in the construction industry or that type of stuff, because it's not a social function. We're here to do a job. Um, and honestly, like if you got a whole bunch of perfume on or like a lot of sparkly big stuff, like it's a distraction for everybody. I look, they look, everybody looks like, yeah. So, you know, and it's not that I wouldn't want to encourage someone to dress the way they want to dress, but it's like, you know, it's, it's about being appropriate, right. For what you're up to, what you're doing that day. Um, you know, and one thing I want to say, I don't know, this is a little bit different, but something I really appreciate about women in construction is that now we have pink porta potties <laughs> and it's not because they're, they're not used by everybody else. That's yeah, that the progression nice. I would say. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You should dress for the day you have, but right. being what Janice says, like, should you have to change who you are? Absolutely not. Uh, I'm a girly girl at heart. I love to look pretty. It makes me feel confident, um, to, you know, to, to dress nicely and, and put on makeup or whatever. Um, but obviously, if I'm going to be out going <laughs> doing site visits in the rain, I'm not going to be putting on foundation and mascara. Um, you know, but will I dress professionally and and manicure myself so I look good? Yeah, absolutely, because that's what makes me feel good is when I look professional, right? So, yeah, yeah I don't know about 
question, you know, anyone working uh, with their hands and having massive nails, that's mm. kudos to those women. <laughs> I don't know no. how you do it. But no, I, I don't think we should judge anybody either. If you want to look good on site and that's what you do, then, you know, as long as your personality fits and you can get your job done, go for it. Do what makes Absolutely. you feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, I know we're getting short on time. But I did want to find out what you guys are thinking for the future of um, health and safety. And what do you think that women can be bringing to the future of um, health and safety? How can we influence this as young leaders? I think we're doing it right now by having these discussions. Um, something that Candace and I actually touched on briefly before this whole thing started was listening to her experiences and my experiences were closer in the same generation. And then listening to some of the stuff Janice went through, that right there shows you the progression that's going in the right direction. Um, because Janice has had some of those tougher experiences years before that are not they're not happening as often now. And especially with bigger companies, right? Bigger companies are always the ones that kind of get it in line first. And then the smaller companies, you know, come along behind. Um, but I think we're doing it right now. I think that, um, you know, we're putting ourselves out there for allies for other people by having our faces on here and our names and networking through LinkedIn and other things like that. You know, I, I think, yeah, it's in the works right now. I love that. I love that. And even looking at um, just younger, younger women and the younger generation and coming up and you're absolutely right. Like having something like this, like a live discussion where everyone's candid and raw about their opinion and, and it, it is. And so I think it makes us more approachable. I think we're setting up, there weren't very many pioneers in health and safety um, in terms of women in health and safety. But as we're getting up there, we're gaining that experience and hopefully the younger generation has enough confidence where they can actually approach us or come up to us or even being on site. There's different um, societies being made and platforms and there's different avenues and resources. And just because like one woman being on a construction site, one woman isn't with another company, but they see them on site approach and and have that conversation or vice versa right have coaches mentors mentorship in place and even to the extent of having like formal programs or even informal ones or just you know striking up that conversation so just having like a bit more acceptance and encouraging that that confidence and that that level of comfort where they can come up to us and talk to us yeah yeah, I have a question for everybody because I, I do have a, a young teenager in the house, of course, so I'm being schooled on the new way of doing things every single day. And one of the things that he has said to me about our generation that we need to move beyond is the whole gender identity thing concept, that we need to be more fluid in our, per our perception about gender and the different roles that people can can be doing that we need to break away from defining a gender with roles what are people's thoughts on that because that's coming at us like what are you saying that that certain certain genders should have certain roles the opposite he's saying that we're very narrow-minded in in putting people in boxes based on their genders and that that the gender is defining people's roles and that our generation needs to really move away from that and this is coming at us in into 
the workforce. So it'll be interesting to see how we navigate that as their leaders, right? Like the baby boomers were for us. Well, I don't know if this completely answers that, but it's a discussion I had with my son as well. Um, he's 11 years old and he'd said to me the other day about the worst thing you could be is a white straight male. And I stopped and I thought, oh my gosh, part of me. And he said, well, you know, at school, they've got clubs for um, the LGBTQ, they've got girl power clubs, they've got ESL clubs, they've got indigenous clubs. The only clubs that don't exist for any type of special privileges or opportunities is for straight white boys. And so I think that that alone is going to affect what's going to happen down the road and who we're going to see in the workforce coming out. You know, my boy told me today that he's the only white boy in his class and that's totally fine and everything, but that's going to change the hiring pool. We're going to see that roll out in the years to come, I think. Jordan has a question about um, the ISO psychological safety. Yeah, I saw that. And that would be for a discussion for another time because we're really not adverse on that. So um, I think Emma Deep and I will take that offline and kind huh. of figure out an expert who can speak to that. But I'd really like to continue our conversation about how in the future, moving forward, you know, um, what's the potential for women to be influencing what's coming down the pipelines? Candace, what were your thoughts going through your head? Well, I think if we had the, that back to your question on what your son had presented there, I think if we had that mindset from the get-go, then we probably would have had a little bit easier time as women, but we didn't come from that mindset. We came from mindsets that women had certain roles and men had certain roles. And now probably that type of movement is working for us as women. Um, and I think that women could probably work for that movement because like I said before, we're collaborative, we're open. Um, I think that to be for our workplaces to be more inclusive and kind of let go of that uh, ideals, anyways, or at least the hard and fast ideals, we're still going to hold a lot of that in society, because let's be honest, like, still the majority of population is typically male, female, and then minority is, you know, gender fluid people. Um, so I think women have a place in helping workplaces transform their practices to be more inclusive um, and probably are, will be advocates or, or champions when those people do come into workplaces, um, you know, having those conversations with coworkers or just, you know, generally being more accepting to that sort of ideal in a workplace or, or people like that coming into the workplace to work, right? I don't think, I, I think we'll be advocates in creating that more welcoming environment. We've lived through that already, mm -hmm. right? I think Absol Yeah, absolutely. And that that's where I was hoping we could take this is that is it possible that in the future, if we're looking at this like five, 10 years, part of our role as as the women that we are, the strong women that we become through everything we've gone through is that just what you said, we understand what it's like to be thought of less than what you are because of the yeah. what the gender that you are and so you know will we be the ones to help shepherd in the new era of being more accepting of everyone you know what i think a crucial part that is going to to support that is that 
we have bullying harassment policies now like never before. Um, you know, and, and there's recognition for when those things are happening. Um, you know, that's a part of orientations now. Um, so I think that some of those tough times that, you know, women have gone through that have put some of this framework in place is going to be what's going to help those new opportunities and different types of people coming into the job site be more comfortable and protected and um, make that transition smoother and more accepted. Because I mean, we're already getting groomed with it just in, in daily society, right? So to start sharing the workplace with, with different types of people, you know, it, it's not like they're out there, they're around us, we're all together. And, and yeah, I think with the bullying harassment policies, that's gonna be a, a huge support for, for how that's gonna work out smoothly. I think promoting your business. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Janice. I was saying, you gotta hold your own. You know, I've said this before, if we, uh, women typically hold their voice back. They try not to say they're afraid to stir the pot, whatever. But that's never served me in my past. I found when I found my voice, I had those hard conversations. And it's only when you do that, you're going to get the respect and maybe the recognition. Um, look at our leaders in politics, right? They didn't back down from the men that were trying to take their feet out from under them. They stood their ground. And I try to emulate that kind of a persona. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we're in the roles we're in today too, because we've done that for ourselves, right? Yeah. I was just, I just noticed there was a comment saying uh, on the chat, someone saw a post on LinkedIn looking for women or non-binary, um, which is great, but I think that that works against us. I don't, I can't remember who said, oh, it was Amandeep, don't just hire me because I'm a woman because you think you need more women in your, your workplace, hire me on merit. Um, I think organizations truly need to advertise themselves or uh, as their values rather than saying, we're going to look for X amount so we can balance out our ratios so we appear inclusive. No, what Stacy said is correct. Hire people, people based on their qualifications and their personalities. Look beyond the gender, like Tamara said. Um, if you're out there posting, you know, we want to hire women, we want to hire non-binary person. To me, that that's driving us a little bit backwards. That means to me that you're not hiring based on uh, what I can do for you as an individual in your organization. You're hiring me because of my my gender, which that's that's backwards. Are we not going backwards there? I agree. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Are we are we maybe in a discovery phase where people are trying oh. to figure it out? Like, is that possible? Like, we don't know what, like, I know I, I look for speakers for conferences and I will be, and I've, I've said this to Amadeep, you know, I find it very hard to find speakers of different backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds. And so one of the things that I've done now as a, as a, a white woman is intentionally start to click in to communities of different cultures so that I can be meeting people and learning who is out there because I don't know what else to do. Well, see, I find this is kind of an oxymoron because we're looking at that comment about women are non-binary and it goes back to my initial inquiry about how do we do that? Well, like you said, I think that that company is probably exploring how to do that because in one sentence we're saying, let's hire this person, not based on gender or race, uh, because they're the right one for the job but then in the next sentence we're saying how do we get more genders and races <laughs> like so uh, this is like we're going kind of two different directions with the same idea I think 
Well, that's what I'm saying is you need to promote your, your company's values. Make that loud and clear that you are inclusive and that you hire anybody and everybody. You're all welcome to apply. Yeah. Right? Everybody goes on the same channels for job search. Do they not? Yep. Yeah. So by promoting yourself, you know, I work for an organization that uh, has inclusiveness as a value. It has family uh, values. And I work there because I researched the company and I knew what it was about through my friends. And, you know, I applied there because of that reason. Um, so I think that if companies strive towards that rather than saying, hey, we're looking for these type of gendered people or non-gendered people, then yeah, that, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right approach. That would be my advice anyways, is to, you know, promote your values. Great. That's awesome. Wow. Um, great conversations. I wish I could spend the day with all of you. Oh, just be to, all the time. Have, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Maybe we should do like a, like a follow-up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But just uh, closing thoughts. So what, what are your last thoughts and what would you like to leave the audience with today? So we'll start off with any one of you guys can go, Candace, Stacey, or Janice. I've said it before. I came, I saw, and I conquered. Don't <laughs> stop. Don't stop. You, you made the choice to go into the business. Be the best version of yourself. And let that other stuff roll off your shoulders and keep going. Yep. I love that. I love, love it. it. Yeah. Please. I think I, my final say for today, I think would just be to thank all of you for being a part of this, um, because this is the movement that we're trying to keep going in, in that same direction. Um, and yeah, I mean, what got me to where I was, was uh, being a brave risk taker. And um, when you get knocked down, you get back up and you keep going, you take, you know, a lot of those hard times are where you learn the most. Um, and so, you know, being, yeah, just just keep going. Like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of everybody that's doing a good job working hard. Um, and I, you know, we talked about if you prefer working with male or female, I like working with good people. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Like I've experienced uh, good and bad on both sides. And so I'm happy to just work with someone who um, is a good person that wants to do a good job. And uh, yeah, so. I love that. Thank you. Thanks. And Candace. Yeah, I mean, I echo that. I think we've come such a long way. There's still a little bit of fine tuning to do. Um, I would just urge everybody to, to keep plowing through. We still have more, you know, I would like to see more women definitely in, in the trades. So get, get together with uh, some of the trade associations that are out there. Amandeep mentioned uh, the BC Trade Society. There's tons of supports out there now for women. So, you know, we're, we still have some areas that we need to fix up as far as barriers. Uh, but just keep plugging away because we're going to eventually get to a point where we won't really have to talk about this anymore, I think. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. That. Thanks for having this conversation. This was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming out. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Oh, thank you so much to all of you for coming out and having this conversation with Emma Deep and I. You know, we didn't know when we started this journey four weeks ago where we'd end up. And I think we've ended up in an amazingly beautiful place. You've brought to the table some ideas for further conversations. And I'd, what I'd really like to thank you for, though, is being really open and candid and 
having the hard conversations, like some of the topics that we've been discussing through everybody's interviews, they weren't easy. But I think through opening up that door, just a crack to have start those uncomfortable conversations will help other people who listen to this to say, you know, the time is that we can talk. So thank you for that. And Amadeep, thank you so much for this journey with you and Salis, you know, um, choosing Safepedia to, to go on this journey for International Women's Month. It's just wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody in the audience for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.